Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild wrong. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This episode, it's Mad Men. My name's Dan, and the universe recently forced me to buy a guitar. My name is Jeff, and my pimp name is Dr. Cat Daddy. Yes. My name is Jimmy, and my incorrect prediction video has over 2,500 views, and I had a right to be anxious about it. Ooh, and how many did your apology video get? Only like 300, so oh. yeah, not too many people saw. No, not many people know that you're sorry for the sins yeah. that you've Well, committed. I mean, it wasn't really an apology video. It was more so saying like, My yeah, bad. I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's not the content that caused that like rift in the uh, amount of views. I feel that before you were like talking about something that a lot of people were talking about it was like oh yeah in the sure. cultural zeitgeist it was in it was very much in the cultural zeitgeist. and now like your correction video people aren't like i wonder if that guy said anything yeah. about being wrong there was some crossover but not a yeah. ton um but no i appreciate everyone who watched that video it's and very uh, well done yeah thank you but um yeah that game came out and um it's very fun Jeff, Very cool. how yeah. are we just now talking about Dr. Cat Daddy? I don't know. It was like oh a flip through yeah. the cracks. You were like, oh, yes. So <laughs> I, I I worked, I, I got a job from uh, Dan's Uncle Keith. Yep. And it was, I worked in this warehouse for like six and a half years. And the only, well, one of the only employees that worked with me side by side every single day was, he had, he had some uh, interesting things about Mental him. health conditions. Uh, I, I would maybe. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. Nope. Just trying to get the notes. Wow. Yeah. So he assigned everybody a pimp name, but he only <laughs> told like me and Dan's uncle Keith and our boss what their pimp names and were. my sister. Oh, she had one, too. I don't remember what hers was. Cupcake. Hers was cupcake. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. too. Uh, Keith's pimp name was Fuzzy, and then he lost <laughs> a lot of weight, and then he became Slim Fuzzy, and he <laughs> hated every second of it. Yep. And I embraced Dr. Cat Daddy. I was like, why am well, I Dr. Cat Daddy? Didn't you start as just Cat Daddy, and then you became a doctor? You got your PhD in ology. Sorry, wow. Joel. <laughs> Maybe that sounds maybe I like think it's that's right. what you told me. Um, and our boss's name was delicious because he liked food. And I was like, I want to be delicious. I like food, too. And there was another a long term temp that worked there and he would like always hurt himself. So we called him cautious. <laughs> and then I added on the sausage because it sounded funny. So it was cautious sausage or sausage cautious, cautious the sausage. But oh, then he got wow. really sick one day and threw up. So then uh, the the original pimp name giver. Uh, called him cautious the nauseous sausage <laughs> that's good and i thought that was really funny and then i came up with a pimp name for him and i forgot what it was because it wasn't really funny and he got physically angry and aggressive and i was like well this is just fun it's fun in games we've been doing this for like three years he's like that's not my pimp name and i was like you have a pimp name he's like yes i have a pimp name <laughs> all right dude sorry what's your pimp name and he was like half dead and i was like why is your pimp name half dead he's like don't ask any questions <laughs> wow that's funny it was pretty great yeah 
And I, I ran into him recently. Oh. And he didn't call me Dr. Cat Daddy. Oh. Does anyone care about my fun fact or you just want to move on? No, I was going to say, I saw you post uh, your new guitar. Yeah. And I said to uh, my wife that I'm jealous because you're spending money on fun things and I'm buying $600 dressers. I really shouldn't <laughs> have spent money on this. But honestly, when I joke around, like, obviously, I'm not one of these people that's like, the universe is sending out vibes. Like, the universe is just a collection of atoms to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't have forethought. Um, but I have to admit, like, if there is such thing as fate, this is like the only example I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I was literally in my barber shop talking to my barber, Ben, the magnificent oh. Ben, all about. Um, is that oh, his pimp name? The magnificent Ben, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Ben takes your photo on Instagram. Check it out. So I was like, oh, I've been getting that itch a little bit in the back of my head about picking up a new guitar. I have where some... the bald spot is. Yeah, yeah. Back there, way back. <laughs> So I was like, I, I feel like, you know, a certain type of sound would go good with this band I'm in, but I can't do it. I can't spend the money. And Ben was like, oh, like, what's your like dream guitar? And I was like, like, honestly, I love the look and the way I've heard Les Paul Jr.'s play, um, like with the double cutaway. They're nice and light. They got a th- slim neck. And I would yeah, love all a, of that. A Les Paul Jr. with uh, P90 pickups. I think that would sound good in my band. Also, a lot of plosives in there. P90 pickups. <laughs> Um, Thanks. So anyways, I was like, I, you never see him, though. And he was like, yeah, they haven't been in production in like 20 years. And I was like, yeah, if I ever saw one of those, though, I bet you it would sound great and play great. And then he was like, oh, you should check out this place, Martell's Music Shop in Plainville. They're right up the road. Hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe they have a jazz master or something I could fool around on for a few minutes. So I drive up there. I walk in the door and immediately in front of me, hanging on a stand, is a Gibson Les Paul Jr. with double cutaways and P90 pickups. Wow. wow. Universe. Literally the what exact guitar you? I was describing, which I've never had the opportunity to play. I played it. It was like butter. It was like butter, dude. I was just like, Wee! Stairway? Oh, way more than Stairway. I was like <laughs> blasting out some like BB King, like oh, wow. shit like that. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I like it. It's pretty cool. It was awesome. And the guy's like, yeah, I just put it on the stand today. Wow. And I'm literally going to wow. list it online after you leave. And I'm like, oh, and it's going to sell fast, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, we haven't had one of these in here in like a decade. Wow. And I was so like, he just knew you were a sucker. And he yeah. probably, he probably <laughs> yeah. put like an extra 500 on there. So I was like, how much you want for it? And he's like, uh, I got to get... I forget what he said, like 850 or something. I was like, that's ridiculous. I'm leaving. So I left and I went in my car. And of course, I pulled up like price comps. Like, what do they go for new? What do they go for use? Over a grand, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this is happening. <laughs> so I went back in there and I was like, listen, buddy, I can't do 850. That's ridiculous. So I was like, I'll give you 700 out the door. And he was like, no. No. <laughs> He was like, I could do, uh, I forget. We, 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 so you guys haggled. I, I haggled. Yeah. Well, he's going to talk himself into haggling. Yeah. Later we, we, in the toy section. No, no. We, we dickered a little bit and, uh, I ended up leaving with what I thought was a good deal. He thought was a good deal. And I love this guitar. That's awesome. So what'd you pay for it? 775. It's oh, pretty good. Charge it. Really bad position. As Frank says from American Pickers, we're going to cut that in half. Yeah. It's going to be seven. 775 yeah yeah so it was good though i'm very happy with it i can't wait to record an album with it soon that's mm-hmm. awesome it's a pretty little guitar yeah it's some uh, i've been trying to think of a name for it because it plays so butter like a blues guitar you know, i'm gonna ask duskin for it to pick, 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Duskin? No, so my mom was like, you should call it Brandy because of the color. <laughs> and then all I was saying, I was like, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. yeah. But I decided. It's from Guardians of the Galaxy. To name her after my niece's first baby doll for some reason. <laughs> so her name is Creepy Connie. <laughs> All right, let's just get right into a review. Technically, this isn't a review. It is a dream. Oh, boy. From friend of the show, Brett. It's not a Dan dream? No, it's wow. not a Dan dream. Should we refer to him as his uh, his real name, Six Dick Brett? Or Five Dick Brett? Yeah, sure. Six Dick Brett. <laughs> um, so this is... That was just a weird Twitter thread, by the way. I don't remember why exactly, but... He is now known as uh, Five Dick Brett. All right. He says, hey, fellas, had my first talk me into dream. I was throwing a dinner party for the boys. Got into a fight with Dan because he brought a party gift, lawn darts with painted chickens on them (laughs) and couldn't figure out why I didn't think it was that funny when he suggested we throw them at my actual chickens from the back porch. (laughs) Jimmy wore a bright green Crayola crayon T-shirt and wouldn't listen to reason when we begged him not to go on his Tinder date with this ridiculous shirt. He legitimately thought it was awesome for some reason. Like most things he likes on the pod. Yuck. We'll be talking about that, by the way. And Jeff never made it to dinner because he was too busy digging an in-ground pool for my wife and wanted to finish before his baby was born. So trying to figure out I took if I took something before I went to sleep. Yeah, that was great. I'm not a digger. I would yeah. never do that in real life. We love uh we love audience interaction. If you haven't talked me into dream, please send it to us. There's just so many good things about that that just like seem like a dream. It, like it's just so ridiculous. Like it's Jeff all is the just, details. Yeah, Jeff is just digging a pool for no reason. Yeah. And the chicken's dying from darts. Yeah. With yeah. their likeness painted on. I so want to find a set of uh, lawn darts with chickens on them and just mail <laughs> nail yeah. them to Brett. Oh boy, that was a good one. Yeah. Good on ya. Talking ourselves into is our segment that we always do every week on the show. It's just little <laughs> things that we like to do that we're talking about. It's going to be fun. It's toy time, baby. Toy yeah. time. Toy boys. As the people say. <laughs> Mostly week, us. Yeah. This week, I have been talking myself into possibly upgrading my PS4 to a PS5. I knew oh, this was coming. Yeah. Only a matter of time. Wow. Yeah. It just what gotta... is the difference between the two? So I'm not in the uh, gaming zeitgeist. zeitgeist. Yeah. Um. What What are the technological advantages of having a PS5 versus PS4? Um. PS5 has an SSD instead of a hard drive. Okay. It's a very That's fast a solid state drive, yes. Dan. It's a very fast SSD, so it theoretically will cut out all, if not most. Uh, load times wow. so there will be no loading screens which is very nice I hate loads. we'll have larger draw distances so it doesn't look like things are popping in in the distance which is also very nice textures will look nicer it's going to be rendering in 4k instead of uh, 1080p mm. um, and there's also going to be uh, RTX which is real time ray tracing which is basically like light um, physics Important question. Yes. Does it have a 4K Blu-ray player? Yes, it does. Instead of saying this now on the podcast, can you tweet about it so I can tweet a GIF of someone confused? (laughs) This is Dan's favorite thing to do on Twitter whenever I tweet something. What I've realized is that I only 
have the desire to have odd number playstations like i had the original <laughs> yeah and then the ps2 came out and i was like i'm not playing video games i don't need this and ps3 came out and i got it for the blu-ray and then i yeah. got into video games again yeah and i still have my ps3 that i got in like 2008 mm-hmm. it's my primary blu-ray player if but you, i'm in the market for a 4k player and i need to yeah. do research there so. um, jimmy's gonna tell you something that's gonna disappoint you though Uh-oh. am i oh well maybe it doesn't matter for you because you're a big digital downloader of games not always the disc based function which will allow you to play uh 4k dvds is a hundred dollars more than the standard which i'm assuming doesn't have a disc well i mean you're looking at it from an opposite perspective it's five hundred dollars um but if you want it digital it is four hundred dollars it's not the base model oh so you're saying the base model does have the drive yeah um that's one way to spin it yeah, because the, the the new Xbox is also 500 so that's how I'm sort of looking at it. Okay. To me, the base model is always the cheapest. Yeah, but. I guess so. Because um, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to want a 4K player. Because right. I've had a 4K TV for three years, and I've been buying oh, 4K. Oh, so you sh- I don't even have a 4K, 4K TV. Race. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I'll get it when I can, and then I just get something else. Five hundos a lot if you're not a big gamer. Yeah. But- I mean, if you wanted to, uh, I mean, I don't know how much money you're getting, you would get from your PS3, maybe like 50 bucks or whatever. I'm not but, my PS3. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> or but, maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe next episode. Talk I'll him into talking it. about it. Um, <gasps> but um, I mean, like, it, it's still a great value. Uh, the There's a new thing that got announced called the PlayStation Plus Collection, which is like a subscription service. Like, you'd be paying, like, I don't know how much I pay for it. It's like 25 bucks every three months or something or $60 a, a year. Um, but they they have a new collection of like basically like the PlayStation Four was known for like their exclusive games like the Last of Us uh, technically that came out on PS3 but um, the Last of Us the new God of War game um, like Journey like these games that are just like phenomenal are all going to be part of a collection that you pay like sixty bucks for uh, for a year so like theoretically if you wanted to like play some of the really big games off of the uh, PS4 era that you kind of skipped. They're all right there, which is really nice. It's a really great value. Nice. Um, so, um, yeah, Jeff, if you, if you are interested, I could talk to you a little bit more off the pod about it. We'll um, see. Dan, I want I want to go next. Okay, I'm going to change up a little bit. But yeah, I'm still keeping th- thematic. Yeah, I'm still thinking about it. Is what I'm saying. We'll yeah. think. I, I would trade in my PS4 for it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I would be in the same boat if I had a 4K TV. Yeah, that's true. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? I successfully talked myself into selling all of my video game stuff. Wow. Very thematic. Wow. To this. Uh, so if I don't even know how these episodes are coming out. So maybe I talked about it. Maybe I haven't. But I'm moving. I moved. Yeah. Yeah. You already talked about um, that. So I was cleaning up a lot of stuff in my storage. And I was like, there's so much video game stuff here. that has been in my basement for four years. And this is the stuff from my last move that I was like, this mm. is the stuff I really like. Hmm. Literally everything from my first uh, Nintendo entertainment system from wow. when I was a little baby boy to, I don't know, before my PS3 because I still have that. <laughs> it's my Blu-ray player. And I was like, oh, man, there's so much stuff that I want to play and look at. But if I look at any of it, then I'm not going to want to get rid of it. <laughs> so I just had like these four boxes of gaming consoles, games, controllers, accessories, some DVDs, laser discs, just a bunch of. Oh, and VHS tapes. Nice. I just brought in like these four huge things to this retro game store, Retro Games Plus mm-hmm. in Orange, Connecticut. And I was like, are you guys buying? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I have this, 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 and this. And he's like, 
bring it all in except we don't want the hd dvds and i was like they're going in the garbage then <laughs> um so i brought them in and i was like sort through it at your own give me a call back let me know what you think he's like all right cool and i didn't know it was i have an idea of what's in there yeah but i don't like no no and i was kind of curious to see like what each item costs because i had like dragon warrior still in the cardboard box oh, it was like cool. smushed and stuff because i was six yeah. when it came out yeah. um but yeah so he's like all right we'll go through it and i was expecting the call back in a couple of days he calls back a few hours later and he was like well i have an estimate and i'm expecting to get like 50 bucks mm-hmm. and he was like ah, is 269 dollars okay oh, and shit. i was like yup yep. it's literally garbage oh see we're so different goodwill. people I'd be like, ah, I got to have 300 for it. <laughs> I, I don't, it, dude, the he only thing they didn't though. take was one of my cousins left his PlayStation 1 and there was like corrosion on it. And mm. in the four years, it like grew. It was yeah. so dank. <laughs> there was that. And then like a few weird random VHS tapes and DVDs that I didn't want. Yeah. And I was like, be right there to get my check. <laughs> Gave me a check, cashed it. Boom. It's all gone. Nice. The only thing I really miss is Gorf. I should have. I wanted to keep it, but I couldn't. Oh, I just had to get rid of it, save space, get some extra money. Yeah, I get it that. It paid for half of uh, the movers. That's pretty good. Um, I think I brought in like all my PS2 stuff a while ago. Um, and I should have gone to a place like that. Instead, yeah. I went to uh, GameStop. Yeah, that's and they the place. they're like, um, I'll give you four cents for this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, uh, we used an app before and when i was going through dvds like i got like 14 bucks for a box of stuff i was like i should have just brought it here and who knows yeah, yeah. i didn't even think that they would sell yeah they sell dvds yeah there's yeah. one in waterbury too i don't Something remember exactly what it's mind. called there's but, also yeah. one in norwalk and there's California. one in southington literally right next door to our barber yep i yeah, went there as sure. soon as i was done with the barber <laughs> i haven't yeah. actually been inside but my last nice. move i brought in stuff that was like everything else that and I itemized everything and gave them a list and they gave me a list back with like all the prices. And I think I got maybe like 400 bucks cause there was like better stuff in there, mm. but they gave me like an itemized list and they paid like $25 for super smash bros or something like that. Yeah. So I was good. like, I wonder what these things were, but they didn't give me an itemized list. Mm. Yeah. Great. Dan. Yes. Video games. No. Okay. Aww. Sort of technology related though. I'm uh, I haven't done this yet. This is something I'm trying to talk myself into. Uh, I might be picking Jimmy's brain after this. Ooh. Uh, I have to be careful how I word this because two aspects of it are minorly illegal. Uh, oh, no. I'm trying to talk myself into sideloading HBO Now on my Roku. What the hell is sideloading? I don't you even guys know haven't heard of this? Okay, I guess no. Jimmy's not the person to ask. So, as you may be aware, the HBO Now streaming service has not made a deal with Roku or Amazon Correct. Fire Stick. Oh, yeah. So you can't get the HBO Now app and those exclusive titles that stream on there. I have been paying for HBO Now. Well, technically, I'm using a password of someone who's paying. You don't for have HBO to get now. into the details. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so I'm stuck with the HBO regular app on Roku which basically is what used to be HBO Go. Yeah. So it's anything that like aired on HBO. Right. Which is okay, but now like there's starting to be like a few things on HBO now that I would you're really like to HBO see. You're talking about HBO Max. Yeah, by the you're way. saying the wrong thing this whole time. Oh, well then I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but you're right. <laughs> I HBO was like Max. what's wrong with HBO now? I'm sorry. I don't know what well, that's about. part of the confusion is they changed right. the names of all their apps like 2 months ago. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Max HBO has all Max. new exclusive shit. Exactly. Right. So there's a few things on there I'd like to watch, and I can't access them easily. 
So I've heard through the grapevine there's a way to do it on Roku that involves some weird thing of downloading HBO Max through Prime Video or something. I don't know. It's like some weird thing I have to research. Mm -hmm. But typically I hate doing things like this. Like I remember years ago when I had the Fire Stick, everyone's like, you should jailbreak it. You could watch everything. And I'm like, yeah, but then you're screwed with firmware updates and stuff like that. So I'm not the type to circumvent the generally accepted way of doing things. But it's been so long now. It's been months since HBO Max launched. And I really want to watch, like, this may be dumb, but I've been hearing such good things about the animated Harley Quinn series. And it just got (laughs) renewed. Yeah. And I really want to watch it. And there's a few other things, too, that are coming. And I'm just like, oh. So you have no opinion on that? No, I don't really know that much about, like, jailbreaking or anything. Well, Jimmy... This isn't as severe as jailbreaking because you're yeah. not like messing with the hardware. You yeah. just can't access it. That's yeah. BS. Yeah. So, Jimmy, I need you to research that. <laughs> Coach me how to do it. Just get that taken care of. Mm. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Mad men, mad men, mad men. Mad men, mad men, mad men, mad men, mad men. That's when he falls. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's falling through the whole thing. Yeah, but he's. Are you doing like they did one for Game of Thrones? That was just Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. Is a show that Dan has been chubbed for for quite a long time. Chubbed, guys. I don't know if you know this about me, but literally out of every television show I've ever seen, which is a lot. Mad Men is my favorite television show. Yeah, it sure is. And it's certainly a good show, but you you don't try to emulate Don Draper or the men of uh, this show. No, but you you like them a lot and they're the opposite of you. I don't like their personalities Mm. at all. I like the style aesthetic, like the way their homes look, the way they dress. All right. That's not why I like the show. I know that's not, but it's just funny because they're the opposite of you. No, I think stylistically, I'm sort of a. A man out of time. I yes. I relate to uh, the the appearance. You were supposed to be born in 1944, and, probably yeah. around there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Mad Men. I just think it's a television show that um, sort sort of came earlier on in this modern prestige age of prestige TV, TV. than yeah. a lot of people expect. A lot of people think of like the wire the sopranos things yeah. like that this is really sort of the second wave right yeah. after that yeah it predates breaking, breaking it predates breaking it bad does, yeah um but it's definitely of that um i feel like that first and second wave of prestige tv was like we can make anti-heroes mm-hmm. we can swear yeah. we can murder yeah. well not only that but it's just like let's um let's have our main character be not a good person yeah yeah and that's that's don draper in yeah. a nutshell yeah he's a dirtbag so uh jimmy um we're gonna get into your exposure because mm-hmm. this episode is a little different uh jeff is sort of leading the charge with me yep he's not as in love with it as i am so i think it's a fantastic show but yeah. like nowhere to the level of you okay uh so he's letting me sort of take the reins on this and and unlike a lot of what we do jimmy also has some exposure to it but i yeah. feel that he hasn't given it a big enough chance and that's why we're aka doing this. jimmy and i are just doing this to get dan to shut up about it <laughs> no no i think jimmy's sort of lukewarm on it like he doesn't care if he could ever if he ever saw another episode mm. I and, mean, I watched the whole series and I'm the same way too. I'm like, okay, that was good. I've watched the whole it. series four times. That's insane. That's a lot. 
And every time I pick out new things, uh, what I love about this show is the depth of the writing, the mm-hmm. directing, the production. Uh, every layer, every detail is thought about. And that's not just me surmising that. No, it's, it's, been it's real. Yeah, I've heard discussions on it. There's uh, um, There's actually some special features on the the dvd blu-ray sets that show how they literally have warehouses full of period correct props costumes everything down to textures of wallpaper like they're really thinking about everything Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna get more into that in the second uh part of this episode but that's for sure what it means to me Mm -hmm. uh jeff what what has your experience been with it i've watched it uh, I think for my birthday one year, you got me the first three seasons on Blu-ray, which I've had ever since. And I just recently gave them to one of you. So now I'm going to need to borrow them to watch this. <laughs> um, and I, I, I watched them just slowly. I didn't really binge them. I was just like, yeah, this show is really good. I think how many seasons are there? Five or four? Uh, no, five. Than, I think there's more than that. Six or seven, six or seven, oh. eight or nine. I'm going to pull it up. Anyway, I had the first three seasons. And I watched them and I was like, okay, this is good. And then I think they came out on Netflix, like pretty much right after or right before I finished the third season. Mm. So I just watched a few episodes, but at the time I was like, this is good, but it's so dense. And it's not like there's some episodes where not a lot happens or it seems like not Mm. a lot happens. So I couldn't really watch more than like two in a sitting. So it took me a while to get through it. And by the time the final season aired, I think they did that stupid thing where they split it. Yeah, which was season seven. Yeah, so I oh. hate that. Um, I think I watched all six seasons. Season seven started, and I watched that. It ended. I waited the year and watched it, and I enjoyed it. I liked it when it was on. Uh, I There's not much I could say negative about it, except for sometimes the pacing is a little slow, mm. but I really do like it, so I'm teaming up with Dan because he can't talk me into it because I enjoy it. <laughs> okay. So, so there are seven seasons. Um, a big reason why I wanted to talk about this now is because a few months ago it left Netflix, which was very frightening. I had to go out and buy all the Blu-rays just in case I could never watch it again. Yeah. Luckily, it was picked up by Amazon Prime. Um, it seems like they're doing a weird thing, which I've never seen before, which uh, says that it's free with ads. I guess they're sort of taking uh, that Hulu model, yeah. which I've never heard of Prime doing. But no, that's cool. It, all the seasons are on there. Um, so we're going to get into spoilers in the second half of the episode. Um, Jimmy, let's talk about your, well, let's talk a little bit about what the show is about. Okay. Uh, because you do know, you've seen the first few episodes. Why don't you say what you know? Um, I've seen more than the first few episodes. I would say I've seen the first six and a half seasons. I've, I've definitely jumped around a bunch of times. I remember starting the show thinking that I was going to watch it and I just never got around to it. Um, but my mom was a fan of it and would watch it frequently. I remember her binging it and um, I would just be around. So I would be watching it occasionally with her and it was enjoyable. I did like it. Um, I remember it being very much in the cultural zeitgeist during its yes, last season. It yeah, it um, took a couple seasons to like get popularity. Yep, gain yep. popularity. I remember being in college and uh, I was working in my our media department. Uh, shout out to Scott, Pete, and uh, Beck. Scott, Pete, and Beck. Yeah, big they ups, were um, big ups. They were all big fans of the show. And like, WestCon Media <laughs> Dep. <laughs> and whenever we um, an episode would drop, they would be talking about it for like the first few hours. Um, I remember it like over the summer. I think it ended or something. And um, that's how lost people were. That's why I started yeah. watching Lost. I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but it, it seemed really enjoyable, and I, I remember watching a lot of the last season. Yeah. Um, so, like, I know pretty much a lot of the big plot points, but I never started it from beginning to end. Um, I never, like, uh, I never pretty much watched the entire show yet, so... And I would argue that it's not a very plot-heavy show. No. No, it's um, character-driven. It is, yeah. yeah. So that's why I really wanted to do this, because if I asked you, like, what the plot of Mad Men is, you could pretty easily summarize it as it's the story of Don Draper, a mm-hmm. man with a secret past who's working as an advertising agent in the 1960s in New York City, and... um basically like the shortcomings of his character flaws and dealing with his lies, how that has affected his life, his family, his coworkers. Mm -hmm. And it it sort of becomes a bigger ensemble piece than initially started. Yeah. Um, the episodes that I'm going to ask you to watch are all from season one. Um, but we are going to jump around a little bit because you do know the basics. Yeah. I wanted to keep them confined to season one so you're not too thrown off. Mm -hmm. But again, there's not a huge plot. We follow Don and we primarily follow Peggy, Mm -hmm. who at the time of the beginning of the series is a um, new receptionist slash secretary at the ad agency. Don is her boss. Um, But as we're going to see throughout these episodes, Peggy has aspirations for something bigger than being part of the secretary pool. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you to watch. This is a little bit much. Oh, boy. A little bit more than what we usually do. We give him three half-hour episodes. He's like, I'm going to give you 13 (laughs) hour-and-a-half-long episodes. No, not 13 hour-and-a-half-long episodes. They're not an hour-and-a-half long, first of all. (laughs) They're 13-hour-long episodes. Yeah, they're hours, and they're not 13 of them. I'm asking you to watch six episodes. Oh, God, that's uh. a quarter of a day. Uh. Actually, I'm wrong. Only five. Oh, that's less, <laughs> less than, than a quarter, quarter of, of a day. day. <laughs> so I'm asking you to watch season one, episode one, which is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. Weird it wasn't called Pilot, but okay. Yeah. Oh, they knew. They knew, Jim. <sighs> I'm asking you to watch season one, episode five, which is called 5G. I'm asking you to watch episode six, which is called Babylon, episode eight, which is called The Hobo Code, and episode 13, which is the season finale and is called The Wheel. Okay. I picked these episodes because I think um, they're a good combination of character episodes, Uh, like we really get into the psyche of Don Draper and Peggy Olsen. Also, these episodes do forward the plot of the overarching you know the overarching plot of the season which is sort of peggy's journey uh in her career and don's descent inward and his inner journey of i don't want to get into it but it's bad okay bad bad okay big bad yeah so when we come back we're going to be spoiling those five episodes of season one of mad men Probably the entire first season. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah, so if you really want to avoid spoilers, you should go watch season one of Mad Men. You won't regret it. I promise you this. Okay, Mad Men. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I figured you would. That's pretty good. So we watched five episodes we of did. the critically acclaimed AMC TV show Mad Men. Yeah. 
which I said in the first half that I have some exposure to. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of it, but... Um, which I think is pretty cool because AMC stands for Angry Men's Channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they put like That's it. perfect. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it fits right in. It's funny that like when you said, like, okay, Mad Men, I don't want to be like them at all, but I also love watching the show. Oh, I know you yeah, do. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it some more. <laughs> Should we talk about the first episode? Let's talk about the first episode. All right. Let's Smoke talk about gets in your eyes, aka pilot, as Jimmy said he would like <laughs> to have called it. Yeah. So um this brings us right into the year nineteen sixty. Yep. Which um we get right into like a diner or something where um people are just smoking in a diner. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty I mean cool. they did that until I after I graduated high school. Yeah, they've done Which that is for weird cuz it seems like it's not my lifetime. Yeah. Which is really funny because this entire first episode is about smoking and mm. cigarettes and yep. selling some advertisements for cigarettes. But Don's always on the job. Yeah, he is. He's asking the busboy. I do think it's whatever. I do think it's very smart to do this for their pilot episode because 2007 when it came out that's around like what jeff said is when they started like banning smoking in places and like right. it becomes it was a little bit three i think yeah around there yeah um but um yeah i thought it was really interesting to like sort of bring this sort of thing up and like sort of brings you back to uh 1960 i thought like that when was you go to a casino i was like oh yeah i have to leave here also have an asthma attack <laughs> yeah it does it's mad Men. still happening so it definitely it definitely puts you in the time period um, yeah also um besides just the cigarettes the way uh don interacts with the african-american uh yeah. busboy yeah. or server yeah definitely puts you in the time i mean period. you can tell right off the bat this whole episode is just foreshadowing on women's rights and their yes. place in not just the business world but the home world the world <laughs> Yes. They're real shitty to women. Yeah. Um, so I think this scene is a nice sort of look at what I would say is one of the sides of Don Draper, which mm. is that talk about all the negatives you want. He is very good at his job. Yes. Yes. He, um, he is sort of like this uh, magician, even out of this group of guys. He can do something that they can't do, which is to pull fundamental truths out of conversations or interactions and this is what you see he has this conversation with this waiter about why he chooses to smoke old gold cigarettes Mm -hmm. over lucky strikes and uh he sort of pulls this thing out like i love smoking yeah it's true very interesting um yeah so we we sort of get to um we sort of see don doing his job and um after that i think it goes right into uh peggy's first day uh there's one scene in between there Okay. Where Don um, talks to Midge, who up until this point, she's a painter living in the village, and we think, oh, "Oh, this is Don's girlfriend. Uh, Yeah. This, to me, is another side of Don Draper. It's uh, (laughs) him having his affairs. Well, we don't know it's an affair yet. Yeah. You don't find out until the end of the episode, which was pretty cool. Yeah. What we see is that he's this, like, insatiable ladies man. He's like uh, a force of nature. He's like ultimate masculinity. He's a pound. Yeah. Rightfully so. He is John Hamm, and he's a very handsome man. And if I was gay, go for him. Yeah. He's like uh, the personification of like a tiger in a suit. Oh, yeah. For sure. (sighs) Yeah. He's um, he can have any woman he wants, and he's never satisfied. Yeah. Um, He's insatiable. Yeah. I said that. (laughs) Insatiable. Now we get to Peggy starting her first day, and um, I love the fact that as soon as like they get to her desk joan is like don't get overwhelmed by the technology yeah and it's, it's just a, a typewriter, typewriter. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it was really good. funny 
we we see later on i can't remember if it's in this episode or another episode oh it is in this episode uh flash forward when pete introduces a bit of copy like a bit of uh writing mm-hmm. that he shouldn't have which is based on research that he stole from don's uh, right yeah trash can don says to him i've heard that copy before and it's not like there's some magic machine where you could feed writing into <laughs> and it would make an exact copy of it. Right, before the copy. I thought that was clever. Yeah, very funny. But yeah, I think the introduction of Peggy, the way she's brought in and paraded in front of the male co-workers is very messed up. Yep. Um, she's often told throughout the episode that she's got beautiful legs and she should show, show them off them a little. Off. Yeah, very creepy. Some Somebody asked them if they're uh, Amish and yeah, yeah pretty funny. She's like, I'm from Queens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I could get drunk at work. That would be really helpful sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, they're all just like drinking randomly after like a big meeting and stuff. It's pretty funny. I think um, possibly even more powerful. Uh, so so Elizabeth Moss does something really great with Peggy, which is that she's obviously reserved. She's obviously like um, this classic trope of like <clears throat> a little fish in a big pond. She's overwhelmed and like sort of just looking aglow at the world around her. But there's also something a little like ephemeral spark in her eye Mm -hmm. that shows uh, she's, she's got more to offer than what she's saying right now. Yeah. She has an interior life an interior thought process. That's probably more advanced than the other women in this office. Yeah. Just the way she lingers on conversations. I'm progressive. I'm going to found Ms. Magazine. Sort of. I'm Peggy Olson. (laughs) Um, I also think this is a really strong introduction of the character of Joan. Yes. Yeah. Joan is like super unique to me because she's this sort of like proto feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's comfortable with her sexuality and her singularity. She's not afraid to, to joke um, about, you know, being single and things like that. But she also remarks to Peggy that the ultimate goal in this job is to marry a rich man and not have to work anymore. Yeah. So she's sort of. Um, well, she uses all of the feminine wiles yeah i mean all of the bullshit like masculinity against them too she plays with right. she knows it's unfortunate but she knows her place but she's not afraid to use it to get what she wants and, right um in this scene too we also see that she's basically egging peggy to go get a uh, uh go get the pill basically yep which is a very interesting scene with a gynecologist as soon as he walks in smokes up puts a cigarette in his mouth i was yep. like right cool we're right in 1960 um well and it's the way that he treats her which is that yeah. she's like a naive child he's like i don't want to give you these pills right. you're gonna turn into the town bike yeah that was very interesting um i thought it was all gold though i thought it was really funny um yeah and then um also we get a, a quick little cameo christian shawl which yeah, i thought was I pretty funny about that yeah i think she's only in this episode though and the um what's her name the is it is it geico or progressive what's the one with the Flo? woman flow Flo. yeah she's, oh she's in this yeah. i didn't notice that. she's also one of the telephone operators mm. i want to talk a little about pete campbell's introduction okay we meet pete the little f- weasel yeah. pete campbell sorry jim but he is we meet him talking to his wife on the phone and belittling her saying things like i'm giving up my life to be with you aren't yeah. i and his wife is Allison Bree, too, yes, right? She, Not yeah. in this episode, though. Oh, we, is it? We don't see know. her. We see a photo of his wife, which is a photo of a different actress. Oh, no, well, I don't remember. As is commonly the case yeah, in these types of situations, the pilot was very funny. attractive. If I was straight, I would go for her. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, you get right off the bat and throughout the episode that 
he is a weasel, as Jeff said, and he's yeah. like his sole concern in life is his own pleasure and climbing in power in the agency. Yeah. Um, then we get a, a meeting with um, I don't remember exactly what it was for, but I remember Don Draper choking. And I was like, "Ooh, this isn't good. And then, um, yeah, that's all I sort of remember about it. <laughs> I don't know which meeting you're talking about. Who was who else was at the meeting? I, the cigarette meeting. I don't know. Are you talking about Lucky Strike? Probably. Yeah. So, Dan, I want to ask you a question because yeah. you're a super fan and you probably know the answer. Okay. The products they talk about that are still around. Oh, sorry to interject real quick. Okay. I know which meeting you're talking about. It was not with Lucky Strike. It was with Rachel Menken about the department store okay. where he was advertising the idea of like coupons, and she was like, "No, I want to be classy." Okay, yeah. So, so do they have some kind of deal going on with these companies? Like, was Lucky Strike promoting in Mad Men, or did they just take it because they wanted to talk about a product of the time? That's a good question. Does Lucky Strike still exists. Yeah. And I, they do talk about a lot of products. So is it product placement? It's definitely a mix because there are products that still exist, companies that still exist, but there's also fictional companies. There's also fictional products within companies. Like, um, as we yeah, find that out, might be like the company might just be saying, we don't want you to talk about a specific product because we don't have it anymore or whatever. So just make something up. It's still talking. Yeah, about I us. don't think it was product placement. <clears throat> I think they received permission, but not compensation. Hmm. Mm. Is what I would guess, but I, I, I mean, I'd have to do some more research on promotion, that. But like, yeah, because that's kind of shitty if they're like, I, I get that they're talking about cigarettes, but they could have made up a cigarette brand to talk about. The well, time. they're also not casting Lucky Strike in a very positive light. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, no, but we're talking about it now and maybe smokers listen to our podcast, which if you do, don't. Don't do it anymore. I mean, I don't know if I want to turn away people who smoke cigarettes. That's not that horrible. No, I'm, I don't want to turn you away, but I just want I want to make sure that you're healthy and people around you are healthy. So <laughs> oh, you we, mean don't smoke? I thought yeah, you yeah. don't listen. No, listen to us. Listen to me talking about you being healthy and living a longer life. So, guys, I want to talk a little bit about what Jimmy brought up, which is the meeting with Mankins. Yeah, there's a few meetings on this show. Incredibly anti-Semitic. Yes. Mankins is clearly a Jewish department store. Uh, Roger Sterling bursts into the room and says, Don... Do we have any Jews that work here? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, not under my watch. And I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. But they end up getting a guy from the art department and dressing yeah. him in Roger's extra shirt. And then Don like introduced himself to him, thinking that he was the client. <laughs> yeah. He had no idea who this person was. Uh, Pretty funny. So anyways, the meeting goes on. And obviously, that's like very upfront anti-Semitism, <laughs> hearing what Roger says. But there's a, a level of like overt uh non-onvert and wow i can't say words uh, like non-overt like obscure covert, covert thank you anti-semitism which is the assumptions that don and the rest of the writers have made about Mencken's department store which is that they're basically a low rent just department you know store yeah catered towards regular average housewives and things like that and rachel Mencken, uh who is a very unique young woman head of a company says that she shares a wall with some of the highest end department stores in Manhattan and there's no reason why they shouldn't be at that level. Right, yeah. So she does not want coupons and bargain basement advertisement. She wants a complete restructure of her business. And, you know, we jumped around throughout the season, but that is something that we do see play out. They do a complete remodel. Yeah. It's referenced later on in the yeah. episode. Yeah. Was this the episode where he basically says, like, I'm not going to let a woman talk to me like that? Yep. And storms yeah. out of the meeting. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. It's going to um, be one of those shows. It's 
very illuminating because Don tries to play it um, like very aloof and suave. Like he, he doesn't care what's going on, um, but she can cut through his veneer. Oh yeah. She can see right through him. So I, I thought that their, their interplay throughout the episode is, is uh, really interesting. Yeah. Um, Pete undermining Don with the lucky strike uh, copy about based on the psychological research is like very cringy. Um, Don has to like sweep in and save the day during that meeting. And he literally creates that like copy off the top of his head. Did you get that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So basically like um, Don went into this meeting with lucky strike with nothing. Yeah. The only thing he had going on him was this psychologist that works with the, the um, company. Yeah said that like oh deep down people have some sort of a death wish so even if they know cigarettes are bad for them they'll still do it they might actually be inspired to do it more and don was like no that's not going to work the company's not going to want to hear that well sure enough pete presents that even though he was not supposed to so jimmy i don't know if you picked up on this from the episodes that we watched but the advertising company sterling cooper is basically divided in half half the staff are called accountsmen that's Mm -hmm. pete Cosgrove, those guys. Okay. It's their job to basically get the clients and make the clients happy. And the other half are copywriters that Don is the head of. Right. They're the creative side. They're the ones who come up with the campaigns. Okay. So Pete should never be presenting an idea for a campaign. Okay. So when he does, that's why Don looks super pissed. Right. And the client reacts exactly how Don predicted. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean people want to die? People are like Lucky Strike is dumb as hell. Yeah. They all inhale their cigarettes and cough at the same time. Yeah. And then Don sweeps in with this thing, which is just, it's a technique that we see him utilize throughout the show, which is that if you don't like what people are saying about your product, change the conversation. Right. Yeah. So he says it could be anything. Everyone is in the same boat. All tobacco companies have to deal with this fact that people know their cigarettes make them sick. So that's why they're like, it's toasted. Yeah. And he's like, just don't talk about it. Every cigarette is toasted. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone knows cigarettes make you sick. But now they know Lucky Strikes are toasted. Right, yeah. So it's... Very smart. Yeah. Um. So that's the majority of the episode. Yeah, and then uh, like we were talking about in the beginning too, he goes home and then we see that he has a wife and kids, which I already knew because I've seen the show before, but... When that pilot originally aired big, though, yeah, that must have been like a very surprising scene. Yeah, probably. Um, Especially too because he talks about how like love is bullshit and stuff in that episode as well. And yeah. And and now we see that these different sides of Don Draper are completely compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. He never references his family anywhere else in the episode. It doesn't even look like he has any concerns. He seems like this right. young, like stag man about town. And then he's got a wife and kids in the suburbs. Yeah, for sure. Then we skip to the fifth episode of the season. Hold on real quick. I just want to say one other thing that we left out is that uh well there's <laughs> been like a half hour on one of five episodes yeah but this is the biggest one okay. i'm not gonna it talk is, about yeah so we see that pete hooks up with peggy right yeah and uh, he goes to her house after his uh completely rapey bachelor party yeah not great yeah and they hook up and then the closing song uh the show became famous for this they choose songs that are thematically correct and make sense and shed light on it um but are also period correct, which is really mm-hmm. difficult. So the closing credit song is on the street where you live because this is where Don lives. This is his family. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. Second episode uh, that we watched. It's the fifth episode of the season. 
Don wins an award and like we skipped three episodes and this you need to watch these in a row, but you don't really need to also. Yeah. Um, he wins an award because he's such a, a good guy at his job. And because it was printed in the paper, somebody who knows him spotted him and recognized that face. But it was a different name. We find out it's one of the secrets that Don's been keeping. It's his little yeah. brother, Adam. Jim, had you seen this episode or were you familiar with this? Uh, I don't know if I've seen this one or not, but I knew he had a name before Don Draper. Dick uh, Whitman. Whitman. Yeah, which is a very funny name, by the way. <laughs> I understand why he changed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this episode was basically like, yeah, we can sort of get into the intricacies of it. But um, this episode was basically um, Don's younger half-brother, stepbrother, um, finds him and uh, tries to... Uh, talk to him and Don's sort of pushing him off. But like after he keeps on persisting, it's like, all right, just meet me at this diner. We'll talk. And um, they do that. They have a sort of meeting. He's saying like, look at him. We can't do this. I'm, I'm done with being that guy. And Right. He opens up to him, but not fully. No, he doesn't. He says like, yes, I, <clears throat> I was Dick Whitman. Yeah. Now I'm Don Draper. When Adam asks about that, he's like, a lot of people change their names. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, that's vague. No, <laughs> people don't. But, um, yeah, so that happened, and he basically, like, tries to leave, but um, uh, Adam gives him a piece of paper saying, like, look, just call me if you ever want to talk or whatever, and it says 5G, which is the name of the episode. Yep. It'll kill you. It'll put yeah. chips in our brains. <laughs> it's funny, when I was trying to look up information about the meaning of this episode title, because I had a feeling there were a couple meanings, um, couldn't find any, because everything is about 5G. 5G. Yep. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so that's pretty much the A storyline of the episode. Um, I want to jump back to the B storyline, but I do want to wrap up what you were saying, Jimmy. So mm-hmm. um, they meet up at the hotel. Yeah, there's an interesting thing when Don does contact him. Um, he the way the scene is shot, he's in his office. He takes something out of his desk that you can't see. Yeah, that's and really he loads well it into a briefcase. Yeah, then when he goes to the hotel. It shows him, he's asking um, Adam, he's like, are you alone? And Adam's like, yeah. And then he reaches into the briefcase. The first time I watched this, I'm like, it's a gun. He's going to kill his own brother to cover up the secret. But really, it's $5,000. And it's not like he's being nice. And the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's being nice. No. Because you would think like, oh, he's giving him $5,000 because he feels bad. No, he wants him to get away from him yeah. so he could just live his weird life by he himself. doesn't they don't even have like a heart to heart or anything nope. it's basically like he well, gets Adam there tries. yeah adam's all excited and he's like i'll make you coffee right and I, I stole this vodka like he's he's literally just a pauper right yeah he's so excited that he stole a thing of vodka from the empire state building and don just doesn't care yeah, yeah. five thousand dollars in 1960 in today's money is just under fifty thousand dollars Whew, boy, so that is quite a payoff. Jeez. And basically, it's blackmail money, even though yeah. Adam didn't want that. Adam right. wanted a relationship, but it's a payoff. Uh, the B storyline is... Um, Kenneth wrote a story. Yep. Ken Cosgrove wrote a story that was published in The Atlantic, and we see how his co-workers are incredibly just backstabbing and like jealous and conspiratorial about anyone in their, in their yeah, workplace. Everyone. Um, I love um, what Kinsey says when Ken describes his uh, his novels. Kinsey says, those don't even sound stupid, <laughs> which I love that reaction. That is pretty funny. 
Um, my only complaint about the show as a whole, and I've always felt that way, is I don't care about anybody other than like Don, Peggy, and like a couple other characters. Uh, I mean, as the show goes on, they do do a good job at fleshing out the smaller characters. Yeah, because I didn't either. But like throughout the series, like these characters stay, they evolve. Well, right? some of them do. But what I was like, going to say but is it's natural because when they leave, it's for a reason. Right. Like, it feels not, like real life. Because um, over eight years, you're not going to have the co-workers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that happens. There's like a couple moments where there's big overturns of cast and it feels like natural. It's not like fake feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I noticed in this episode, I mean, I noticed it a lot, but this episode too, is that the camera is usually lower and shooting up. Mm. when mm. when showing don or in a meeting to show i think it's to show their power, stature, gravitas power. yeah so there is a lot of like production in the show that like everything i know dan could probably talk for an hour about this but uh, we're not going to um everything is for a reason like every camera yeah. pan every angle every light is there for a reason yeah the only other thing i really wanted to say about this episode is um there's a really interesting way thematically that this episode remember in Seinfeld they used to have A storylines and B storylines yeah. and C storylines that would all meet up at the end and right. converge in some wacky thing so this episode kind of does that but only in theme and what I mean is mm -hmm. that um, the product that Don is advertising this episode is an executive bank account right yeah for a bank, I thought that was funny which is designed for men who basically want to keep secrets from their wives yeah it's a secret bank account where the statements get mailed to the office yeah um and what we find out is that's how he lives because yeah as you can already assume but we find out very clearly at the end of the episode they're laying in bed and peggy's um betty suggests hey why don't we buy a summer home <laughs> and you know we've been doing well you had a good year and he's like oh peggy actually it's not that great and i'm like inside screaming that's because you just gave all your money <laughs> away to your brother for blackmail yep so literally don's strength as an advertiser comes from the idea that all men want to live like him <laughs> yeah and that's why he designed the executive bank account yeah and then in the third episode you get more into that how betty just like she she wants affection from don she she aches for him so you're talking about episode six yes. babylon yep um and this definitely foreshadows uh her discovering about his infidelity which we'll get to a little bit later but just like dan said we should get an air conditioner up here we'll see yeah like that was a big purchase but don's just like eh, we yeah we don't need it we don't have the money um so this episode um also has the first flashback that we see it does and it's right, yeah. right at the beginning of the episode this yeah. one he falls on the stairs yep yeah oh, okay he falls trying to bring um betty breakfast. breakfast in bed for mother's day he wipes out on the stairs and when he comes to he's a little boy and he's watching the birth of his brother adam mm -hmm. and uh it's pretty sad what's going on in that family. Yeah, just a whole lot of mess. Yeah. Gross. But just also the way he's treated and stuff. Um, yeah. We see it more in the next episode, but it's remarked that the man in his life is Uncle Mac and his woman that he lives with is not really his mother. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode, I felt like a lot of it, it was just uh, January Jones undressing to get to bed like I'm, i don't know i'm there, okay with that there were like three because different scenes where that happened i was like is that the show of all the actors on the show i think she's the worst one um she's okay in it but yeah. like on saturday night live she was one of the worst hosts i've ever seen she's not a particularly great actress <laughs> um, she has stuff later on in the series that's really strong 
This episode is when Peggy starts to catch uh, Don's attention as more than just a secretary yeah with a bucket of kisses thing with the lipstick i felt like this was more of a uh, a peggy episode yeah, than a sure. john episode i agree and that's why i put it in there yeah it was really good i mean i think you put it in there because we also get some secret pass of don draper too which yep. we're gonna get into um but no i really liked this whole uh peggy sort of coming into her own with this episode with the like uh jeff was saying the the basket full of kisses when they're in that uh the one-way mirror room which was incredibly creepy um, mm-hmm. because of all the, the women out there and all the men were just watching. Yeah. And, uh, even gross. like Roger Sterling, who's a partner, he's like yeah. one of the heads of the firm. He comes running in. Oh, did I miss it? Yeah. Which is just gross. And then like, oh, like I love Freddie Rumson. You get to see more of him as the show goes on, but he's yeah. like the bad alcoholic in the office. But his response when he tells Don about Peggy coming up with some good lines was it's like watching a dog play piano. oh so cringy yeah that's pretty bad um but yeah i mean that was pretty much like the majority of the episode was that and um and the flashbacks with don yeah i mean there's also um a pretty important scene to understand don's psyche um when he's like laying in bed with peggy and she's talking about how with with betty i'm sorry i do that all the time all the time um anchovy sardines she's talking about how um her therapist has encouraged her to remember her mother as a way of like mourning because her mother has passed away and don just cannot relate to that yeah he's he has learned his entire life that when you feel pain you should run from it so the idea of like what he says to to um betty is like mourning is just dwelling and stuff like that is just pretty dark yeah and how do you relate to someone on an intimate level that has no empathy for you um yeah uh, that's pretty much it for this episode uh then we would get into episode eight and it's just affairs on affairs guys yup this episode Pete get heated. yeah this episode just shows them all um it's also the hobo code is the title this is the hobo episode right yeah so you want to get into why that's titled that way dan yeah i mean we see more flashbacks with don's childhood um it could be a little confusing because this flashback actually takes place earlier in dick whitman's life this is before the birth of his brother yeah so in the last episode we saw the birth of adam and his family makeup was um how can i describe this his father had passed away Mm -hmm. and he was living with his father's wife who was not his mother and her quote-unquote benefactor who may be a pimp called uncle mac in this episode the flashback takes place before that when his father was still alive so the man at the dinner table is his father but as he tells the visiting hobo he's a horson which means that he is the product of an affair between his father and a prostitute yeah so he's forced to live in the house with his father's wife who hates him it's great yeah (laughs) It's and wonderful. then that's why we find out Adam is his half brother because they share right. the same father, but he's, you know, a natural son to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we see, uh, yeah, that uh, this hobo comes and sort of becomes a very formational figure in Dick Whitman's um, life, which is that his childhood is so depressing growing up on this like beleaguered farm to these parents that don't want him. The hobo just goes. He has a new place every day. Yeah. Yeah. And he running away from his problems. Exactly. He yeah. learned that like, hey, kid, when things get bad, you just leave. Oh, yeah. Take the clothes on your back and start a new life. Yeah. 
And the fact that that's like a very romantic idea for Dick Whitman shows yeah. you like how damaged he is. Oh yeah, for sure. And then yeah, the hobo just leaves and then Don's like, "Oh, okay." And you can directly parallel that towards the end of the episode when he yeah. starts talking to Midge about running away to Paris. Oh yeah. So yeah. when he first mentions this, it's before the scene with the hobo. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you know, guys say that to their yeah. mistresses, like, oh, let's go run away, and and then it never happens. Yeah. Then, in the context of after that conversation, you're like, holy shit. Oh yeah. Don literally is willing to leave his family. Yeah. Forever, and just be done with all this. What a drama queen. <laughs> yeah. He kind just, of is. You realize throughout the series that he's done this before. He yeah, actually he does this. He just yeah. leaves his life and starts a new life. Yeah. Don J. Pills. The whole um like party i guess or whatever you can kind of call it when they're just getting baked listen to mm. listening to whoever miles davis miles davis right jackson um, <laughs> nice um yeah I, I i thought the episode was really good i thought this was one of the stronger episodes because that flashback is literally corresponding with what this he's is doing also now and the one i believe where salvatore Yep. And on a kind of date with a man. Yeah, we didn't talk about Sal no. earlier. They mention it as far back as the first episode yeah. before you know he's gay. He's a real messy bitch, though. Yeah, he is. But he mentioned something like, who would pretend like you're somebody you're not? Exactly. There's a lot of that throughout really this first is. season. Um, but yeah, he like went on, you know, went to dinner with a man and the man started to say like, hey, this is a date, right? And he's like, how dare you assume? Mm. Yeah. And then just walk up like, that's got to be such a miserable way to live. And it's oh, a yeah. shame that people had to do that for so long. Their yeah. entire um, conversation is completely veiled. Like neither one of them can acknowledge no. that they have feelings but, but towards each other. But then like when it's clear that there is, you would think, oh yeah, he finally found like a boyfriend. Mm. Nope. It's too... His, gotta repress it. His yep. guilt... And his like fear is so ingrained that he can't he can't go any further. This is one of the saddest stories in the whole series. Yeah, too, when it plays mm-hmm. out, I won't say anything. Yeah, else, but there's okay. a lot coming with Sal. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also see Peggy's copywriting come to fruition. Right. Yeah. They present her idea to Belle Jolie, and it sells, and they invite her into the office and offer her a drink. Yeah, it's sort of thing. this whole like celebrate celebratory moment um she tries to act restrained and stuff but as she walks away she does a little skip and of course she wanted to take the uh the example and they're like no yeah which was pretty funny but also kind of messed up but yeah <laughs> yeah i think um this is a strong episode though a lot of people say this is one of the best episodes of Mad Men. it was a good one then we get to episode 13 the wheel the season finale season finale this one's important to me. I always like include this in a list of episodes that people should watch. Yeah. Um, partially because of what's going on and like the repercussions that it has for the rest of the series, but also because I think it's Don's best pitch. Mm. And if we talked about him actually being good at this, this is a prime example of it. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder how much was made up for the show and how much was like researched, like as far as the Kodak the carousel. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was a real product. No, I know it's a real product. That's what I mean. Like, I know it's called a carousel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why. I know a lot of times just like without giving it away, um, future episodes, they sort of wrote Don's pitch based on real pitches. Makes sense. So yeah, but like someone probably two Kodak pitches from 50 years ago at the time. Well, the one that I'm referencing <clears throat> was a Coca-Cola pitch and they did. So well, that's that was the big one. But yeah. But yeah, it's based on a real thing. So that yeah. somebody probably did do something like this. 
it's a pretty simple idea. The the thing that Don does that's magical about it is he takes the leap from the way everyone is pitching Kodak, which is the technology mm-hmm. and futuristic and, you know, all this type of stuff that was going on in the early 60s. And then he brings it back to nostalgia. Yeah, which is just great. He's it's like, smart, yeah. Literally means an old battle wound. And, of course, this is interspliced with um, B storyline, which is um, which is Don's having some problems at home. Mm. Um, as we sort of figure out as time's going on is um, somebody comes to uh, Betty saying that, um, oh, my husband's cheating on me. Your best friend, Francine. Right. And Peggy, uh, Betty. Damn it. Wow. I've watched this show like four times and I still do this. Uh, She is so delusional the way she like sort of obviously she's speaking for herself as much as she is to Francine. She's like, uh, maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe he's planning a party for you, and he's calling the caterer. Like it's so ridiculous. I think she's, I think she's just sort of like trying to think that it's not happening to her. I don't think yeah. it's, she's like that delusional. Well, I think she's trying to quell Convince her own herself. nerves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she obviously gets a little bit more suspicious and talks to John, talks to Don about it, and it's like Don's like, "Don't worry about it. It's fine." Yeah, like he just sort of pushes it off. And um, everybody's just a shithead. Like the last episode, Pete was a douche with moving. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his wife. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And then um, after that, um, uh, it was because of a phone call to New York or whatever. So she finds a uh, letter, the uh, phone their, their phone bill and uh, took a look and saw some phone calls to New York. And it's like, oh, boy, who is he calling? Turns out it was her own phone number that she was calling to her uh, psychiatrist. Yep. Which is pretty funny. So we also well, find out she's going to a psychiatrist. So this is one of the this is probably the only downside to watching the episodes that we gave you is yeah. that you miss something important, which is we see the other side of this. Okay. Which is that those are not her phone calls to the therapist. Oh. Don has been calling her therapist and because it's nineteen sixty and women are just dumb children. Asking how things are going. And the therapist is literally going over everything they talk about, which is supposed to be private. He's revealing to her husband. So she feels almost more betrayed because Mm -hmm. Don encouraged her to see the therapist. She was having these issues with her mother's passing. And now she finds out that he's literally just telling Don everything she says. Gotcha. Which brings us into a really dark and messed up, but also funny scene Mm -hmm. of her in the therapist office, clearly feeding lines through the therapist that she wants Don to know about. Yeah. So she's like, I think my husband's having an affair on me. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty, pretty well done. Um, yeah, I mean, it basically goes to, um, his pitch, which, uh, basically is talking about nostalgia and showing all these pictures of their family and things like that. And, um, when Don gets home, there's no family to go home to. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting the way they shot that. I want to back up a little bit afterwards, but, um, the way they show this is they make it seem like Don has had a change of heart. Right. He goes home. He tells Betty, you know what? I am going to go vacation to your family's house yeah. with you and we're going to be great. And the kids are like, daddy. Yeah. And then it immediately cuts to him walking in the house and it's empty. Yeah. And they've already gone. Like you've made your bed, Don. You got to lie in it. Right. And um, they they play the great closing theme song for oh, the season. Bob Dylan. Yep. Don't think twice. It's all right. Yeah. Not even going to talk about his brother, Adam. Yeah. That's why I said. Oh we'll yeah. Go we'll back. get back oh, to that. Okay. But yeah. So, uh, there's a few things back here that I want to talk about. Jeff, you, 
Yeah, so uh, Donnie calls up the uh, apartment building, can't get in touch with uh, Adam, and uh, he's informed that Adam hung himself and donated all $50,020 to the building that he lives in. Yeah, yikes. And, like, it's hard to tell, like, he cares but also doesn't really care. He's kind of, like, relieved. Mm, I think it's, yeah, I, I don't think it's that he doesn't care. Yeah. I think he's upset. To me, the end of this episode from the time Don does the pitch mm-hmm. is regret. Yeah. Cause the pitch hit him just as hard as it hit everyone else. Yeah. And now he realizes like, I can write these wrongs and in both instances, he can't. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. And that's why the don't think twice. It's all right. is so apt because it's like, yeah, you screwed everything up, but just move on. And that's <laughs> yeah. totally a Don Draper oh, thing. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, this is this is also the episode where Peggy becomes a copywriter. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. She gets promoted pretty early on in the series. Which is great because it's the whole thing is a slight against Pete. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is that Don is pissed and decides to get revenge by taking Pete's father-in-law, who's a big, a big new client that Pete put himself on the line to get. He's like, you know what? We're going to have Peggy do this one. Oof. And Pete's like, what? He's yeah. like, you should be doing the best for him. He's my father-in-law. And he's like, yeah, Peggy, you're promoted. So it's awesome for Peggy, yeah. but it's also like a huge slap in the face to Pete. That's awesome. <laughs> and then the other big thing that happens is uh, we find out that Peggy has secretly been pregnant this entire season. Yeah. And has been so delusional and in denial because she's so focused on her career and her drive and stuff like that. She literally gives birth in the season finale. And just yeah. refuses to acknowledge the child. The nurse is like, don't you want to hold your baby? And she just turns away from him. Yeah. Crazy. I thought that was Margot Martindale, but it wasn't. I was like, oh, this is beloved character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Margot Martindale. It <laughs> well, wasn't. <clears throat> um, This is probably another thing that suffered a little bit by jumping around. If you go back and watch the whole season, mm-hmm. they do a really good job at subtly hinting at her pregnancy. Oh, so she does gain weight throughout the season. We do see her like vomiting throughout the season. Mm. It's like never spoken about until this episode. Yeah. But in hindsight, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Which also makes you realize Pete's the dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, oh, boy. So any yeah. any overall thoughts? Overall thoughts? Um, I'm looking at it from a different perspective that, than we would normally do for Talk Me Into because I do have a lot of exposure to this show. So I'm coming at it in the fact of, am I going to finish this show? Am I going to rewatch what I've just seen and I'm going to watch the whole show? Yeah. Um, so I was looking for things to sort of like pull me in, things that didn't necessarily get me the first times I was watching these right. episodes. Right, I was hoping and, to hook you. Right, yeah. So... um. Yeah, I don't think I really have anything that was like mind-blowingly different than what I was expecting to watch. Um, I do love the episodes that you gave us. I think they gave a pretty overall arc of the season without like giving me the entire season. Yeah, maybe I would want to go back and watch those episodes, but I feel like I have a general idea of what that season brings and what it's going to be giving to me if I'm going to watch it. But um, yeah, I mean, everything that I've known about the show, it's... The acting is phenomenal. The writing is really good. The set design is amazing. The costume design is great. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think um, the only thing that I'll touch upon, because I've been doing a lot of talking, (laughs) but um, every time I rewatch this show, different things jump out at me. And what I I really noticed this time through was 
the cinematography is really good. Mm. And I don't know if you would call this, I'm not an expert, Jim, you can correct me, but I don't know if it's cinematography or direction, but the camera shots. Cinematography. Yeah. So there's a lot in here that I noticed are um, sort of thematically reoccurring throughout the series. So we Mm. get throughout these five episodes, we get shots. Like one of the, my favorite things is they like to open up a scene with a shot of a drink pouring. Mm. And they they do variations of that. So we primarily see Don's like alcoholic drink, but we also get nasty. Yeah, Alka-Seltzer. And you do that in the kitchen so I don't have to hear it. Yeah, we get (laughs) nasty uh, orange juice from Concentrate where he plops the like nasty half frozen blob and then pours the water over it. Yeah, that was gross. Um, And there's a couple other things too. We see uh, the bird's eye view from the top of the building down to the new york city street mm-hmm. we see the look in from the lobby into the elevator um with the elevator operator and stuff so yeah cinematography is beautiful in this show cool all right i think you guys gotta ask me that question Jeff, you haven't done much talking yeah i don't have much to say what, what did you think on on your rewatch because you've seen it through but you haven't rewatched it exactly before. what i said in the beginning like it's a great show i really like it i don't really have much more to add <laughs> you weren't like oh this makes more sense or this jumps out at me no or... i did notice a lot of more of the foreshadowing because i've only seen the series once right so when i saw certain things i'm like oh yeah that like the sal to... stuff yeah that that mm. kind of stuff so i mean it's it's definitely something that i can rewatch if i have time and i'm sure that i'll get a lot out of it like the first time i watched it i mentioned it took me a while i wasn't like it's slow paced you weren't binge watching it you're watching like an episode here or there yeah i mean there was one time when i was out of work sick so i did watch a lot in a row but like i can't really watch more than two at a time without me getting like all right i need to decompress there's a lot here Mm -hmm. um but yeah no it's it's everything i remembered being well i think that's an interesting like success of the show too because for a show that's pretty much about nothing like yeah, plot wise yeah, it's just about it's a character show yeah the fact that you have to decompress which i agree i would not sit down and watch like four of these either i watched no, it in like three sittings yeah i had to watch it in two it just shows you how dense everything is it is yeah so jimmy yeah were jeff and i able to talk you into Mad Men? yes oh um, yeah i'm happy it's a super soft yes yeah, i mean it that's exactly how i feel though um honestly you i think you definitely hooked me into watching the rest of the show um but like if i wasn't going to i feel like i've already gotten everything i could get out of the show i mean from what i've already seen i don't think you're missing like major plot points no, i think that yeah. you're just missing more of the same so if you liked it you should yeah. fill in those episodes because you'll just get more. Of no, them. no, there, I'm, there I'm talking is... about like my initial watching of the show, like oh. years ago when I first saw it. Like, right. there was never anything that was like, oh, this is really like I need to binge watch this, like a Breaking Bad or. And I agree with you. With that, what I'm but... saying is like, um, I didn't expect to like totally change your mind. Right. I was ex- I was hoping that you got enough that you were like, oh, I want to see more of this. Yeah, I think I'm definitely in the boat where. I'm not going to watch this like immediately. Like I'm not going to watch Mad Men now, especially because I'm going to have to rewatch those episodes anyways. So I'm not like jonesing to rewatch like episode five again. Are you January jonesing? Oh yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, I mean it's a good show. Like it's a great show. Like I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about it other than the fact that like yeah, I'm going to watch it, but like I'm not like in love with it like you are. Mm. From um, Prestige Television to prestige cartoons next week we're having a guest on the show to we talk. are yes oh to talk us into the renowned 
animated series Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, boy. That's right. Friend of the show, Dante. Woo! Dane. He's going to be Dane dozing us. Yeah. Former host of our old podcast, IC3. And current host of whatever he's doing in his life. Frequent <laughs> guest host of Into the 99? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on our episode 50, so you should go listen to that. It was Talk Me Into, Talk Me Into. Very, very cool <laughs> stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. He's going to come on from uh, Oregon. Yeah. And talk us into the to show. The power of technology. Damn. Like he's in our own room. Technology. Do you love technology? A little bit. <laughs> Is that a bingo square yet? Yeah. yeah. Should be. In the Jimmy. Meantime. In the meantime, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, in the meantime, the podcast on the internet. It's at Talk Me Into on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. We'll read your uh, reviews on the show. If you uh, send us a five-star review on iTunes, especially, be very helpful. Get us out of that 4.0. Let's get us at least up to 4.5, guys. I mean, five stars, that'll that'll move us right on We're up. We love to see off. it. If we talk badly about something they like, they're going to be like, one star. They've already done it multiple yep. times. It's yep. great. Don't do it. Yeah. So, yeah, find us on all those uh, platforms, patreon.com slash talk me into um our cook with us video is up on youtube now as well you can be seeing that i actually have to publish that i was supposed to do that on thursday and i forgot to so i'm gonna be doing that soon but it should be up there by the time you're seeing this and yeah we make a pizza it's very fun you you yeah dan where can people find you online you can find me on twitter under the name danny underscore breakdown and you should check out my band we're at olddogsmusic.com that's o-l-d-e-m-u-s-i-c wait i screwed you forgot that up the dogs again, again. m-i-c-k-e-y-m-o-u-s-e yeah that's it mickey, mickey mouse, mouse donald duck donald duck <laughs> uh and we're also on instagram um old o-l-d-e underscore dogs cool dogs jeff yeah where are you i'm right here right next to you dan where are you online silly head oh online you could find me on instagram at large hard on collider it's like when a large ding dong collides into another one you could find me Hmm. on twitter at j-e-f-f-f-f-f-f-27 jeff with five f's and number 27 who knows Thank you for listening. Nope. You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A B J F I T C H. Hold on, hold on. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Jimmy just, we've been sitting here for like six hours, and Jimmy just now, 30 seconds before we're finishing, I'm slumped down comfortably. So I was like, he's done. <laughs> so I'm done too. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Saying all of our internet information. <laughs> we do. We do do that every week. Do, 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 do. Okay. You do it. I want to look up Let's the episode descriptions. No, you do it. Okay. Jimmy, are you recording? Unfortunately, all yeah. Right. Keep all of this, yep. too. So I have to bring it in. In the meantime, yeah. Watch it. Okay. I want to be Betty Draper. She stays at home. You're a beautiful woman. Thank you. Jeffrey Jones. <laughs>